A-B-B-E-L dot com. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Bob Progner, 10 minutes before the top of the hour, Gary Aldrich on deck from a secret undisclosed location. And we'll obviously have a lot to talk about. Bob, what did you think about that uh, concept of back-to-work bonuses? This is not confirmed, but possible. Uh, Larry Kudlow was talking about a lot of things, growth in 2020, which he still thinks can happen. Obviously, the markets have been doing very, very well, even in this pandemic. Uh, but um, what do you think about that? I mean, people that right now can get 2400 a month at 600 a week for nothing, just to stay home, uh, versus employers who want to reopen and need staff to be able to reopen, the government is actually talking about back-to-work bonuses probably your normal head would want to explode but what are your thoughts hearing that well you've got to incentivize work uh, the, 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 this original bill that, that allowed people to earn more money by not working it, it just it's just insane it didn't it just made no sense so no i think it's a great idea we 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 need to incentivize the the work ethic here it's uh yeah, that's that's so necessary. Uh, it, it, I, I know in normal times, you and I, I mean, we'd be laughing at our alter ego selves having this conversation. But you know what? I heard Kudlow say it last night. I reread what he said last night, this morning in the two o'clock hour. And I said, you know what? Under these just weirdo circumstances, unprecedented circumstances, I agree with it. You know, and, and Harry, the the right now in the current situation, you can come up with all sorts of rationalizations for staying home. The the biggest one, of course, is that you make more money by staying home. But then, you know, you you add to it. Well, look, I don't want to get the coronavirus, despite the the fact that the, you know the overwhelming evidence is now showing that that you need to be in int like in close close quarters with an infected person without you know without a mask on within like a few feet of a person for something like a half an hour that seems to be what what the you know the data is is telling us now right so, like it's not happening outside yet we're putting people inside it really seems either unwittingly or for reasons I'm unable to to process that we've made a lot of wrong decisions in how we decided to do this. I shared an example, Bob. I don't know if you had a chance to listen at the time, but I shared an example and I wrote uh, a column about it yesterday. Japan did the exact opposite that we did. For those that didn't read my column and did not hear my earlier comments, I'll give you the cliff notes. Japan is 38% the size of America. So that matters, but it's still like it's not a postage stamp tiny, tiny example. It's, it's not half but it's 38% the size of our country. Add to that, they didn't close down a single business. They did not quarantine a single person, neither the unwell nor the, 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 the well. Nobody got quarantined. We have over 100,000 deaths shutting everything down and killing our economy, and in some cases killing people because they're no longer with us because they've been destroyed, and then they, they were so hopeless they took their own lives, and they say that that's five to 10,000 per every 1% of the unemployment rate, and I believe that. I can't prove it, but I believe it. And so having said that, they have, in Japan, less than 1,000 deaths 
not shutting a damn thing down, not quarantining anyone. We've shut the whole shooting match down, and we have over 100,000 deaths. So who did it right? Oh, the, you know, the, the answer is very obvious. <laughs> it's very obvious. Look, it, it would seem. The, 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 the unintended consequence of, of this lockdown, we're, we're still trying to, you know, we need to, to do a real accounting on this. The, the 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 amount of undiagnosed cancers that will kill people, the uh, the the fact that that the gyms have been closed down. Now, not everybody that goes to a gym is a steroid using muscle head. That's not that's not true at all. You know, people want to stay in shape. You know, I I've not been able to go to a gym in two and a half months, and that has its effects too. You know, your cardiovascular health, your mental health. Uh, all these, all these unintended side effects here. You're just, you know, I, I was able to go finally to see my dermatologist the other day in Summers Point, and and you know, Cindy and I both had to get our biopsies, and you know, I think we're going to be fine. But you, you just never know mm-hmm. with, with delaying all these these doctors' appointments. Again, it's it's. People are going to die from that. And, you know, Seth made a very good point. I know you've made this. There is no guaranteed safety in this world. You know, when we step out the door, <laughs> leave our homes, we always have the, the, the chance that something not good will happen. And, but, you know, that's what we, that's life. You know, you live life and you take chances. <laughs> but you don't take crazy chances, you know. And, again, we... Uh, you know the the idea that uh, Bob, let me stop you for one second. Obviously, I agree with uh, everything you said because we you're right. We have we have said the same, and it's it, you can't say it enough. So I'm glad you said it. Let me add to that. When we reopen, we all still have free will. You could be an older retired person and make a decision that you're going to still pretty much self quarantine. Maybe you'll still have your your food delivered to you. Maybe you will still not go into certain public squares and and that's the ability of having free will then there will be people that will go out so just reopening doesn't mean that you have to go out you could you could choose to do what you choose to do i think they just have to open this up so that people have the opportunity to not have their life's work destroyed yeah yeah harry look if, if you have certain risk factors you need to be very careful in the next six, seven months until there hopefully is a vaccine or effective treatments. But you're right. You know, for, for the vast majority of, of, of people in this country, you really this virus will not kill you. If, if you do happen to get infected, you may not have any symptoms at all. So, Which is know. supposedly 86% of people. Have no symptoms at all. Have no symptoms at all. They're asymptomatic. And and maybe even another sliver out there that you feel a little bit tired, you feel a little off for a a, a short period, and then you've completely uh, been able to resolve it. And then, of course, we do know, though, in, in a very small number of cases, people with comorbidities, older people, uh, that it can be deadly. And it looks like right now the CDC... The WHO, not not exactly beacons of accuracy, but they've calculated that the mortality rate in America is 0.3. 
So 99.7% that you are not going to die from this. I, I mean, I, I, I could be one of the point three, but on most occasions, I'd take those odds any day. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the fatality rate seems very similar to a regular flu season. A, a, a harsh flu season, yes. A normal flu season or a light flu season, this could be still two times more uh, than the flu, but it's not what they were saying originally, that it was X percent more than the flu. It's it's really still um, very, very low percentage. You, you'd, be, you'd be quite unlucky to die from it. You can, and if you have the certain blood type, or don't have the ability to resolve it, or COPD, or uh, diabetes, or heart condition, or other pulmonary issues. Yeah, you're you're you know you got a, a bad chance of a bad result. But the vast majority, though, um, I don't think there's ever been a time in in world history where this would have been the response to something like this, based on what we now know. No, you know the. Uh... Just the, the, and we were given bad information uh, by the communist Chinese for yep. one thing. You know the whole history of this. That it was it was just one one mistake yep. after another. Well, they said it doesn't transmit human to human. They have it under control. Uh, Fauci said very late in the game, America has nothing to worry about. It's not going to even be here. I mean, they've been just crazy wrong about everything. Bob, we've hit the finish line. Let's keep in touch. Anything going on, you know we're going to have Gary here next. You can check in, and yep. we'll keep in touch. Yeah. And right, uh, thanks for your help Thank on you. the project, the special project. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Thank yep. you. Thanks. We'll, we'll take care of Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Bob. See ya. Gary Aldrich is next. Paul Rotella is lurking. I feel he's close. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. My mayor in the morning... It has calmed after sunrise. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, but the damage is done. After a third and most violent night yet of protesting in Minneapolis after a black man died during an arrest, a white officer seen on video kneeling on his neck. Fox's Jeff Manasso has more live. Dave, fires still rage in Minneapolis as thousands rioted, looted overnight, and destroyed businesses. Breached and torched a police precinct. Many asking Mayor Jacob Fry, what's the plan? President Trump in a tweet calling the mayor weak and saying that he'll step in if needed to keep people safe. Donald Trump knows nothing about the strength of Minneapolis. We are strong as hell. Is this a difficult time period? Yes, but you better be damn sure that we're going to get through this. The governor's activated the National Guard. The violence spilled into St. Paul, where more than 170 businesses were also damaged or destroyed. Dave. Jeff, President Trump also tweeted, calling rioters thugs, dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. Any difficulty? And we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And that message got flagged by Twitter. At 3.17 a.m., they placed a violation notice before you can view the president's tweet about the violence in Minneapolis. Here's what you saw. It read, this tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible, learn more, so 
you click through and you see the president's tweet. Fox's Griff Jenkins, the president reacted in a tweet that Twitter's doing nothing about all the lies and propaganda by China and radical left Democrats the day after he issued an executive order to regulate social media. The protests fanned out across America. Meanwhile, in Louisville, there was also violence. Seven people were shot, one injured critically. America's listening to Fox News. With uncertainty in these times, here's something that is certain. Now save money on your wireless bill with great customer service when you switch to Pure Talk USA. Now plans start at 20 bucks a month depending on how much data you need. All plans have unlimited talk and text. And Pure Talk covers 99% of Americans. They're confident that you're going to love their service. They have a one-month, risk-free, guaranteed 50% off your first month. Just dial pound 250 on your cell. Say the keyword, save now. Pound 250, keyword, save now. Do not hire Franklin and Sons Electrical. The guy told me he'd shrink my monthly bill, and I'm like, dude, it's too small to read as it is. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then he's like, where's the circuit breaker? I'm like, bro, I didn't break anything. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. He told me I had a blown fuse. Uh, it's called a short fuse, and yes, I do have one, so watch yourself. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. This week's warmth and humidity peak today. Temperatures range from the sticky 60s this morning to a steamy 79 this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies and a chance for a pop-up shower or thunderstorm. One more push of showers and storms tonight. It's still going to be muggy with a low of only 68. And then tomorrow will clear to sunshine with falling humidity. Still warm for your Saturday at 82, then 72 on Sunday with sunshine and a refreshing breeze. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. To quote Barry Manilow, looks like we've made it. It's four minutes past the hour. It's Friday morning, TGIF, and our national all-star is here, Gary Aldrich, senior FBI agent, retired not a moment too soon. We need an FBI agent to uh, sort through what's going on right now, whether it's Minneapolis and some of these other things that are that are happening all around us, disturbing times. And we didn't even have a chance, Gary, to talk about this this morning on the program. There are more documents. This Rich Grinnell, he's my hero. He has just uh, done a great job declassifying things. There are more very alarming Peter Strzok documents uh, that we haven't had a chance to unpack yet. Gary Aldrich is a New York Times number one best-selling author. His um, treasure book, it's wonderful, Unlimited Access. Gary served with honor and distinction at the White House for two United States presidents, George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton. And Gary and I have been co-hosting this very popular hour of programming on Friday mornings in the 9 o'clock hour since 1996. That's year 25, Aldrich. I can't believe it. You have an age, though. You're, uh, you're ageless. You, you, 25 years, you're still the same. <laughs> well, Tell us about that. Right, right. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about that. It's like the curious uh, 
case of Benjamin Button. You 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 age in reverse. All right, Aldrich, uh, let me get you uh, going here. Um, so many things about this. And, and first of all, I've stipulated from the beginning, the death of George Floyd is tragic. I, just like the president has said, and I said it right away, I didn't like the looks of that video. I didn't understand. But we also don't know what was going on beforehand. That's where a lawman like you could come in. Uh, because people have said that, that George Floyd was really very much resisting arrest. But when you see a video for a number of minutes and an officer has his knee on the neck, it's, it's, and it's the way his head is, it's really like on his throat. And this guy obviously did not have a complete total airway obstruction because he could speak. And as a, as a, a former teacher of cardiopulmonary resuscitation, a total airway obstruction, you cannot speak, cough, or breathe. You you would go to make a sound, and nothing would come out. So he didn't have a total airway obstruction, but he is dead, and it didn't look good. Uh, so based on what we've seen, Officer Chauvin is in a lot of trouble, it seems. And then you see the reaction, uh, which we can always count on, and that is, of course, when someone dies and you think it's wrong, and of course it is wrong, we don't want George Floyd to be dead, but how the reaction then for some reason is breaking windows of fast food places and stores and stealing uh, everything out of the store and then setting the store on fire and then setting the third precinct on fire, uh, that seems to always be the reaction to this kind of thing. And for me, that's not protesting, that's criminal activity. Gary, what are your thoughts about all of this? Well, as to, as to the uh, video, uh, I think you'd have to live on the planet Mars to not know, as a police officer, uh, especially to not know that you're being videotaped. And the other thing is a lot of citizens now have the cell phone, which can make instant videos as well. So you're covered. And so for a police officer to use a particular hold on a, on a uh, prisoner... Um, which is not approved by the police department for good reasons, uh, that that officer is risking a, a potential charge of murder. Or, so you, so you, you agree Officer Chauvin is probably in a lot of trouble, isn't he? Well, I'm just saying if it wasn't an approved uh, hold, if it wasn't an approved physical uh, act to control an out-of-control uh, soon-to-be prisoner, um then he is in a serious, a lot of, a lot of trouble. Yes, very serious. I don't know if it's murder. Could be, could be manslaughter. I don't really know. And and whether or not the the uh, perpetrator in this case uh, struggling because he was loaded up with PCP or some other drug, which makes you superhuman. Yeah. But but back to back to the police tactics. Uh, um, if if there's a strict uh, rule in the police department uh, that you can only do these things and not those things. Um, and he violated that strict rule, then he's in a, then of course he's fireable, and he was. But uh, the civil actions to, to follow can be huge, and yep. also the criminal uh, charges can be huge. Tells tells me that that man who was a longtime uh, uh, veteran of the police force there in Minneapolis, that man uh, probably had been involved in other altercations that his fellow officer knew, knew about, and p perhaps the management as well. And Gary, uh, your instincts always serve you well. He, in fact, was 
uh, you can go back to 2006. Amy Klobuchar was the uh, prosecutor, and he, this same officer, has had multiple uh, excessive force complaints. She uh, reviewed them, and she did not prosecute. So, of course, now she's disqualified from being Joe Biden's vice presidential running mate, even if what she did was correct and it did not rise to the level where they should have been charged. There's, she's done. She's finished. Uh, that was my opening monologue this morning on that point. So I wanted to slip that in real quick. And I also wanted to ask you, Gary, there's four of them got fired on the spot. So there was no nobody went to the union and said that we're going to review this and suspended with or without pay. They were just fired. All four of them. That that probably is a violation of their contract. But they so what? They have no chance. This this mob mentality right now. There's there's no chance that anybody would even care to look at that. Uh, but I just bring it up because it's probably true. Uh, what I saw appears to be indefensible. People are saying there's exculpatory evidence, and even yesterday, the prosecutor, who's a Democrat, I understand. And he's going to be the former prosecutor because he's finished. Guarantee you will come back and I'll, I'll be proven right on that point uh, on November 3rd. He's done. This guy's done. No matter what he does from here, he's done. Because he actually said, oh, no, no, we got to look at this, which, which, of course, is his job. You don't just, what, are we going to go, go kill these people right away? You just say you're dead? we got to look into exactly what you did. And is it is it defendable? Is it prosecutable? But my question also is, four of them got bagged, they're done, they're never coming back, uh, but one of them is in that video the whole time. I mean, within within like a foot of the officer's knee, silent, stoic, staring at it, didn't do anything. He's in a lot of trouble too, right? Because he didn't do anything. Um. You know, there are a lot of things that go into this kind of high, high uh, anxiety, high tension situation. So, I was, I was prosecutor. I'd probably single him out to be the best witness for my murder case to come. Gary, I have to, I have to, I have to comment. This is a complete sidebar. I suspect because I have extraordinary hearing. Uh, it's part of my superhuman or my superhero status. I have superhuman hearing. I. It sounds to me like you are doing the program today in the wonderful beautiful outdoors because i hear wonderful birds chirping are you outside i am outside I but it. if it, you think no. it might oh no no it's not distracting at all i love it i love it so please i just want to let you know i pay close attention to every sound that i hear so uh put on your uh, senior fbi's cap of almost three decades how do you see this turning out uh, a few more. Well, the weekend's here. So Friday night's a big night in every community. I imagine we'll have more trouble tonight. Probably some more tomorrow, um, and then it'll uh, sort of uh, downscale. And but this is very reminiscent. I'd be surprised if you haven't already mentioned this. Very reminiscent of what happened in Baltimore, yep. Maryland, yep. when the mayor basically said. Uh, well, let's let them run, run their, run their steam out, and it'll, it'll eventually it'll dissipate, and uh, 
you know, let them break some stuff, uh, you know, whatever she said. Right, so they set cop cars on fire, they looted every store imaginable, broke windows, set everything on fire, stole everything before they set what was left on fire, and then they got called protesters, of course, by CNN and most of the media, protesters, uh, not criminals, protesters, and you're right about that. It is similar in that respect, uh, and then, of course, every single one of those officers was innocent. But I think one of the biggest, uh, I try to remember here back in my career when, when we as FBI agents were dismayed, went through periods of dismay, it generally was when liberals were in charge, were in power, and were calling the shots on who got prosecuted, who got punished. The people who uh, we liked the best were the ones that followed the rule of law, and when you break a law, you, you need to answer to the law because that's what the American people want us to do. And uh, but then then you get into the liberal administration, and they they just say, oh well, yeah, but he had a bad childhood, da, 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 da. and and you know, <laughs> I tell that to the victim who's lying there in a puddle of blood. Uh, you know, it's it's it always follows when you have the liberal management team in. Uh, they're going to try to please everybody, and especially those people who they know are going to vote for them. Uh, and uh, to go soft, uh, and I'm talking about normal police activity day to day, overlook things that are happening on the street, and so you have this whole air of uh, laissez-faire law enforcement. It discourages the police officers. They get angry and resentful and probably would have been better off for this man to retire and you know move down to Florida where it's warm and you know may- maybe be a security guard. Uh, <laughs> You know, because it, obviously that guy's total burnout and should have been removed from the force if he didn't self-remove. Gary, you raise a really good point about what these Democrat mayors seem to do. Stephanie Rawlings Blake, who thought that she was going to the United States Senate, she was wrong, uh, did it. Their, their knee-jerk reaction of dealing with violence and criminality through weakness uh, they always do the same thing. Stand down orders. Then they'll deny later. Oh, I didn't give a stand down order. Everybody I've talked to says that the mayor uh, yesterday gave a stand down order. The police left their third precinct. They left it to the mob. The mob wrecked the place, set it on fire. What do you think about that kind of leadership where these Democrat mayors? And I'm not defending what was done to George George Floyd. I've been on the record from the beginning as that Chauvin is done. It, it's it's not acceptable what I saw that he did, even if I don't know what happened before it. That the thing with the knee on the throat and the guy is saying, I can't breathe, you're going to kill me, and then he's dead. It's really hard. I wouldn't want to be his lawyer. It's really hard to win that one. When the guy said, I can't breathe, and I'm going to die, and he dies. Uh, is a real hard one to, to come back from. So I, I I'm, I'm clearly on the record there. So I'm not I'm not um, ignoring the gravity of what happened here. But these weak Democrat mayors who give the stand down orders, that's exactly the opposite of what you want to do. And then of course the media eats up the optic of stuff breaking, cop cars on fire, windows broken, stores looted. Everything's on fire, uh, and then that's their narrative. If you didn't hear this, Gary, um, a listener told me earlier, CNN reporters, uh, they got arrested. They, got, they wouldn't leave, uh, so they got, they got taken away. 
Uh, but what are your thoughts about the Democrat mayors? Then we'll get our break in, and then we're going to get to our calls. Uh, and let me encourage our first two callers. You'll be first, and you'll be second for Gary Aldrich when we come back in just three minutes. But what's your thought, Gary, on uh, the weakness, the, the leadership by weakness? It sends a signal to the population and the, the ones uh, who need to hear uh, they hear the information uh, more than anybody else. The people that need to be reminded that that we're a nation of laws, and we have we have certain standards which we all are uh, required uh, to follow. And if if you if you and that includes the police department, the police officers in the police department, they're sta- they have standards too. And if you don't want to follow these standards, then there's then there's consequences uh, that you must uh, you must uh, have. Uh, to keep the rest of us uh, in, in some sort of civilized state, you see. And, and uh, uh, so the mayor decides, well, I'm going to take my very, very soft approach to things and uh, where, where every little, there's a little boy inside every mass murder. If we could just find that little boy, we could maybe rehabilitate him. You know, all that nonsense that yeah. goes through the minds of liberals. Yeah. And, Gary, don't they take the position basically that, I don't want any more cops killing any more what they'll call protesters, even though I call them criminals. If you're lighting stuff up and you're stealing and breaking and doing all that, you're not a protester at that point. You're a criminal. But they take the weak posture that if I tell them to stand down and they just go away, then our cops won't kill anybody else. And it's better to see everything on fire uh, than it would be if the cops were put in some kind of altercation where they would have to use uh, approve force, whatever they would need to do if people were being unlawful. So they take the weak approach that you should tuck tail and run and abandon your own precinct and allow criminals to destroy your building. I, I just can't, I can't accept that as, as any posture of, of leading with strength. I just think it's terrible. Well, that that police precinct building and all the equipment that was inside belongs to us, yeah. the citizens who paid for it. And so the mayor, in, in, in basically saying stand down, walk away, is uh, committing millions and millions, maybe a hundred million dollars to the to the flames of our money. And uh, maybe maybe we should sue her to get that money back. Yeah, and I think what they're always doing, like Stephanie Rawlings Blake, she was running for higher office. She thought, this is my moment. Look at me. I'm going to be a United States senator, which then means I'm going to be on a short list for VP or I'll be able to run for president in in the not-too-distant future. So all the decisions they make, I believe, are predicated upon the advancement of their political career. So in other words, telling the police to stand down taking the position of the criminals, which is what she did, uh, that's the knee-jerk Democrat reaction. I don't know how anybody can deny that. Uh, Again, this doesn't mitigate what happened to George Floyd. We're speaking about what typically happens. It's almost predictably typically happens, whether it was Baltimore or now in Minneapolis. Back with Gary Aldrich and your calls in just a few minutes. Don't go away. 20 minutes past the hour, 609-407-1450, an open phone line on the Hurley in the Morning program with Gary Aldrich. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 
and four. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. Welcome back. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are jammed. To your calls we go. Welcome to the program. You're on the air with Gary. Caller? I'm going to put you back on hold. We'll come back to you. You're on the air with Gary. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay, good morning, Harry. I thought you were calling to me, and I thought I was second, but I thought maybe I was first. <laughs> you are now. You were second, but you are first now. I, I, I could hear noise in the background. The person put the phone down. We'll get to them. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff coming out now, and, and you know, every one of these, every one of these um, uh, situations uh, seems to have the same outcome in the sense that we find out more about the person, uh, the perpetrator or the, the, uh, uh, the, the you know, the person who was arrested uh, after the fact. In this case, it doesn't seem like this man had done anything more than, than try to buy food for his family. He was recently unemployed because of the COVID situation. And um, the video is the testimony i mean what else can you can you say i uh, i'm hearing now- andy andy i i took your position and i don't usually do it that early but it just was so it, it seems so incontrovertible and so disturbing but what do you think happened with the prosecutor who has said that he hasn't charged yet because there is exculpatory evidence what what i mean all we can do right now is just opine and speculate, but wh- I was shocked to hear him say that. Well, I was watching... And, and by the way, one other thing, and the U.S. attorney, the woman, I forget her name, uh, I've never seen her before, uh, she said we were we thought we were going to be able to announce something, but we can't. So, I mean, th- it's, it's telling me, actually, that, and, and that didn't sit well with the people that have been protesting and, and looting and the mob, uh, but I was shocked to hear that. Well, I was watching Judge Janine Pirro this morning. and uh, You know, she was a prosecutor uh, in New York State. Um, she said that uh, there is another video that they're looking at that shows that possibly Floyd was resisting arrest. Um, you know, she also mentioned that this, this dirty cop had at least three, he was involved in at least three police shootings over the past 19 years. By the way, that rolled off your tongue like you've, you're the judge, the jury, the executioner. You've just branded him, you've declared him dirty cop. Well, I mean, it, for, for all, it's what it looks like at this point. Okay. Uh, I, 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 uh, hey, listen, I think he's in the wrong. I just was curious to hear you say that. Let's say alleged dirty cop okay. at this point. Yeah. Okay, I, I, and I understand why yeah. you say that. Yeah. So, um, but but uh, you know, I, I uh, there's there's always more to this than meets the eye. But what is happening right now in that city? And, and just just think about this: the people who are burning down their own city, mm-hmm. they're now depriving the re- the residents of that city, some of whom are their own family, friends, and neighbors. They're now depriving them of those stores. Yep. They're now depriving them of the jobs that they may have had at those stores. Yep. And then they have, and then they have to walk around and live in this city that's now burned out. I mean, and they've also destroyed their third precinct headquarters, where 
police would be stationed, where protection would emanate from. So it is, it is, it is truly like some self-inflicted bad stuff going on here uh, in the in the disguise of protest, which I never call when they're lighting the town up and they're stealing whatever they can steal. That's a mob. That's criminals. That's not protesters. I, I, I know I'm in the minority uh, in the media with that statement because they always are called protesters. It, it enrages me that they get that standing. Protester to me is somebody peaceably assembling that's not bre- breaking any laws, that is exercising their free speech, and this ain't that. Special, uh, I'm sorry, senior FBI agent Aldridge, your comments. Yeah, there's a higher responsibility here that applies um, the the rioters uh, do what rioters always do. As long as I've been in law enforcement, this is predictable what they're going to do. The higher responsibility is to the authorities who will take your liberty and investigate you and lock you up, take your money as well, and destroy your life that way, and even kill you. They have the right to kill you. And so they have a higher responsibility. And I mean the entire system of the police uh, there in Minneapolis Whoever is in charge of the training, the oversight of these uh, officers, the whole nine yards, uh, unless this was uh, one, one police officer who just lost his mind in 30 seconds, this is, this is the responsibility of the authority, and it's a higher authority. And here's a teachable moment for you. Do you think, do you think that the lesson learned here is that the riders tore down the local 7-Eleven they'll have to walk a quarter mile more to get? No. The lesson is if you kill a citizen like this we're going to raise hell and we're going to do it and we've done it and we're going to continue to do it and that's the lesson learned and that's what the police in authority need to keep in mind when they decide to use one of these holds which are which have been determined over time to be killing holds there's no dispute to that any longer it's it's absolutely the way it is you cannot close a man's airway to arrest him and and not expect him to be seriously injured or killed. You can't. I, I agree with that. Well, I do. Well, Andy? well think, think about this uh, from a racial perspective, because the, they were quick to inject race into this. To me, the crime is, if, if what we think happened, happened, a police officer murdered a suspect, period. It, regardless of what colors were, what the races were, that's the crime. Okay, but since they inject race into this, as they always do, think about this. If you didn't know anything about the black community, you had no bias, no race, uh, racial uh, feelings in your mind at all. And you watch a a crowd of largely African-Americans burning down their city, Stealing, I, I hate this term, looting. Why do we call it by some other name simply because there's a riot going on? It's stealing. It's robbing. Okay. How, uh, you know, stereotyping people is, is considered racist, but then people engage in the very stereotypical activities that caused the stereotype in the first place. And Andy, do you remember, because I know you're, you're very good at remembering things from a while ago and it just came to me during your narrative and then i I gotta run to the break i'll give you a quick comment uh we want to get more calls in right after the break that baltimore dropped all the charges they had people on video they know exactly who they are nobody got charged with stealing 
with setting the fires. They set fires to police cars, turned them over, set them on fire. They broke storefront windows. They they robbed sneaker shops, uh, uh, electronic stores. I mean, every everything under the gamut. And uh, they all had all of the charges dismissed. How about that? What would be the reason yeah. for that? It's like, hey, we're really sorry that six police officers who didn't do anything wrong, remember the Baltimore Six, I think they were called, they were convicted as though they had done wrong. Every one of them was innocent. And yet every person that actually did break the law, they had all the charges dismissed. Yeah, and and if you recall, and I believe it was Baltimore, it could have been Ferguson, but uh, the, the, the uh, people in the community, the people of color, were complaining that the police department was overwhelmingly white. Yet, when they had an election in the, in the city, uh, it, it turned out that, that maybe 13% of the black people in, in that city actually voted. So you don't turn out to vote to try to change the complexion of your, your police department or, or change the situation in your city. You don't go out to vote, and then you complain. I don't understand it. And, and Rush Limbaugh made this great point over the last couple of days. He said the black community is complaining about the same things now that they were complaining about 60 years ago, but they keep electing the same people who've been promising to change their lives and, and improve their lives over those same 60 years. Yeah, people like Joe Biden. Exactly. Uh, Andy got to run. I, I think that's a fair comment. That's an accurate comment. And I've had a long standing. Uh, pronouncement on this program for now close to three decades 28 years and it is this that when you look at this democrats do not want to solve problems they want to keep the problems going then they proffer themselves as the people that will solve the problem but you can't solve the problem because if you solve the problem you don't need them it is a self-preservation uh situation and I defy anyone, anyone, to dispute that statement. You look at all the promises of 50, 60 years that give us power. Well, Democrats had the, the House and, and for 40 years. They got nothing done. And at sometimes they had the House, the Senate, and the White House got nothing done. Isn't it ironic? The person that actually got criminal justice reform which disproportionately helped African-Americans who disproportionately are impacted by it. And yet Joe Biden is somehow a hero who's done nothing for 50 years except talk. Trump actually got criminal justice reform enacted. Can't dispute it. You might not like it, but you can't dispute it. We'll be back to your calls in just a moment. You are the next caller with Gary in just a few minutes. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Somebody needs to grab these jackasses by the lapels and shake them. The governors? Yes. Stop it. Stop with your nonsense. Stop with your zaniness. Stop with your power base. Stop it. No one's trying to kill anyone here. Or just trying to follow the science. Well, you're not following the science, though. The science is yeah. dictating things are going the other direction right now, and you just ignore it. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 38 minutes past the hour. Thanks, Sean Hannity. Back to your call, 609-407-1450 with National All-Star Gary Aldrich. You're on the air with Gary. Go right ahead. Good morning. How you doing? Good. I, what I want to understand is we after Ferguson, why wasn't the National Guard called out right away when they saw that this was I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that it wasn't done right away. And, you know, it, to allow them to do, do what they did it makes absolutely no sense. Let me go back a half a step. And I, I don't offer a lot of praise for anything that's happened there, but to do it right away, that that's very subjective because you 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 do it when something escalates. So you don't. They did. I, I guess the answer to that would be they didn't know to do it right away because it's been an escalating problem over time. And when it escalated to the point that they they needed to do that, they did do it. So, are you saying that they should have had the forethought? To see where, because of Baltimore and other examples, they should have known that this had a very good chance of going in that direction, and therefore they should have been more pre uh, proactive. Is that the point? Yeah, they also bur- started to burn one store. Once the yeah. one store went up, then, then they should have been called right away. They didn't get called right away. It was another two days before they called them. I mean, you know, they burned down that first store, uh, which was, a, uh, I think it was a, a, a uh, auto parts store, they sh- they, the, they should have been called out right away, and they should also have been put on 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 like you know hey okay this is this is a, a horrible situation that's possible that we should you know have them ready to be there right away. I mean uh, that's just common sense. I, I well I mean uh, one thing I want to also ask you to get your comment on it. How dirty is it that you wait during the Cobra that you raise the tolls? when everybody is so more concentrated on, you know, their jobs and everything else. And they do it on a Friday, and they raise the tolls for ro- roads that we were paying for with the extra tax money uh, for the gas that they asked us to do, and then they go put the tolls up again. What's the, I, 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 is there, is it, should I just send my paycheck to uh, Trenton, and then they can send me what I'm allowed to have? Hey, listen, I, I talked about it earlier. Uh, spot on. Uh, absolutely um, ridiculous. Uh, I've written about it extensively, spoken about it extensively, to be thinking about raising tolls. Gary, for your information, we don't usually, and Al, I'm going to go to the next caller. Thanks for, and I don't mind that you said it at the end, but it brings Gary into local stuff that, you know, I don't like to take away from his time. But, Gary, believe it or not, our government in this state, during a pandemic, when we have in New Jersey, for example, 1.2 million New Jerseyans unemployed, they have increased the tolls on our major roadways, the Atlantic City Expressway by 40%, New Jersey uh, Turnpike by 27%, the Garden State Parkway by a similar amount, all during the throes of a pandemic. That's what. Yeah, it reminds me of the drowning swimmer. The drowning swimmer will grab a hold of anybody that's nearby and take that person down with him. And here we have people that are out working that, that depend on those roadways to get themselves to work and back. So what they're doing basically is they're punishing the workers once again. Without a doubt, it's 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 uh it is terrible. 
And let's see. It looks like the caller, I'm going to free that line up, Al. Thanks for checking in. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. You're on the air with Gary. Go right ahead. Caller, are you there? Go to the next caller. I put you back on hold, caller. I know you've been holding a long time, but when we go, you got you got to be ready to go. Welcome to the program. You're on the air. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. I have two points I need to make. Yes. First was when I got up this morning, the first thing I saw in my feed was uh, apparently the man who died, quote unquote, and the police officer worked together as bouncers at a club. Did you know that? Say that again. The man who supposedly died and that police officer that was knelt on his neck worked together as bouncers. The owner of the club, a woman, uh, said that they worked in her security force. One worked inside, one worked outside. She couldn't swear that they hung around together or knew each other, but she knew that, that they were, she only had one shift a day and they worked together. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm usually pretty good. I mean, I'm, you're speaking English, you're saying it very clear. I'm not aware of the connection here to what we're talking about. I don't get it. What, what, okay. The man who supposedly died in this. Well, when you say supposedly died, are you talking about George Floyd? He did die. He did die. I'm putting out the point that this could be a setup, okay? Well, well, are you saying he didn't die? You're losing me because you said the man that supposedly died. I mean, dude. Now we can we can dispute a lot of things. We could say there's, according to some uh, reporting out of the United Kingdom, uh, there's supposedly additional longer video and what was happening before this part of the tape, which is obviously so incriminating towards the officer, and that people need to see that. I'm willing to have any conversation that anybody wants to have, but you started it with the man who supposedly died. He's dead. Well, listen to what I'm saying to okay. you. Well, he's dead. Have you ever heard of the Democrats setting up a scenario? Setting up a scenario to make it look a certain way to cause the things that happen, because then they can bring in Antifa, Black, uh, Black Lives Matter. Well, okay, okay. Well, here's the thing. I think we have two mutually exclusive things here that, that both can be true. He died. He, he was near dead there. And he died at the hospital. So he's dead. So we're, we're not going to entertain he's supposedly dead. This is not like, did we land on the moon? I got video that says the flag is out and there's no atmosphere. How did we didn't go to the moon? I mean, so he's dead. So let's start with that premise. Will the Democrats exploit this? Al Sharpton tweeted, I'm on my way to Minneapolis. I mean, th there's no question that it, it will be exploited every which way that they always do but that i was lost because i thought maybe you were talking about somebody else and and, and conflating because he george floyd is dead do you not understand what i'm saying yeah you're you're saying it's a put-up that they staged it and when you say supposedly dead like maybe you even believe he's not really dead uh i get what you're saying you're saying this is a put-on to create uh and incite this whole thing that's going on right now and that it isn't real that it's that it was that it's a put on that's what you're saying what i'm saying is could it be Will uh, well, the democrats go to that level a hundred percent they would well and the second thing that i wanted to say was the great vice presidential pick 
for um, Biden has been talked about as Klobuchar. Well, she's done. As you know, she's or out. maybe you don't know. She's out. Of course I know it. She's tied to this, she's tied to this whole thing again. Yeah, because she didn't prosecute Chauvin back in 2006. So it's almost like, hey, if you'd have done your job, lady, George Floyd would still be alive. So she's done. So you, you missed my whole commentary on that. I spoke about that at length here this morning. I'm rejecting your absurd premise that George Floyd could not be could that he could still be alive like this is some scam the second part I absolutely agree with it will be exploited by every single Democrat and Democrat sympathizer and that's why I'm saying that the second part can be true but the first part isn't true and and then on the question of do you think they're capable of doing something like that that would just be on an individual circumstance you'd have to tell me who the people are and then i would tell you that some of them would be capable of of fiendish things and others i don't think would but then even the ones that wouldn't perpetrate it would exploit it there's no doubt about that gary anything you'd like to comment about that it was pretty wild actually no okay fair enough 609-407-1450 an open phone line welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air there's a few minutes of your life you're never getting back. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Uh, Gary, uh, a question to me is, uh, I don't know if you noticed that the officer's left arm during this. I did not. I, 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 Dan, I will tell you, I noticed it, unless you tell me I'm incorrect. Was the It was his left knee on the throat or the neck because it's sort of on the side the way that you see the the picture so it's we'll say on the neck but of course it's affecting also the ability uh because his face is smashed into the ground and uh, he's in distress i don't think there's any mistaking about that the best of my recollection officer chauvin's left hand is in his left pocket He's got a smirk on his face, and his left hand is in his pocket. And Dan Bongino pointed out uh, uh, there was a leverage move with his right foot, and you could actually see, if you really look close, how he was pressing and smiling as they were saying that you know he's bleeding. And uh, no, that's why I've said from the beginning. I don't really usually. I want to see what happened before because if somebody is all PCP'd up or any other possibilities, uh, they have superhuman strength and. People don't realize what you're up against. An officer is up against like that. But I noticed that his hand was in his pocket. I was able to answer your question that I did not even know was coming. So you can tell to what degree I have studied this. And I didn't notice this right foot because I didn't, I couldn't see his right foot. In the video I watched, his right foot is obscured. I don't see it. So maybe there's another angle. Uh, I've watched it mostly on smaller devices. So maybe it's visible on a, on a wider screen but i noticed his hand was in his pocket and i also thought that he was really bearing down on the guy's neck and i just believe that when someone says i can't breathe you're going to kill me that an officer even with other officers present and observing this happening you got to change your approach at that point if this guy has been superhuman and impossible to to restrain when he starts saying, I can't breathe, Chauvin has to call to the other officers right there. And and he's got him down. His arms are behind his back. 
and he's got him down with this um, left knee to the guy's throat uh, WWF move. And so nobody else was required that I could see to keep him restrained. When the guy says, I can't breathe, if you can't handle him yourself, you got to ask these other th- four of them got fired. One of them is in the shot. you got to get the other people to help restrain him. And, and I keep asking police officers, tell me why there wasn't an, an effort to take him into the back of a patrol car. A- and one person told me, well, if the guy had super strength and he was drugged up, they, they were having a hard time actually doing that because he was resisting. So anyhow, this guy's finished. That much I know. He's, He's done. Chauvin's done. Gary, before we get the last break in, any comment on any of that? You haven't had a chance to weigh in lately. And I don't hear Gary at this point, but he is connected. Hold on, Gary. I'll get you back. Don't worry. We've got to get the break in. We'll be back in three minutes. More of your calls. Straight ahead, as always, do not try this at home. This is Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Bria's Fashion Boutique is the worst. First they asked me if I needed help finding anything. Um, Just because I'm gorgeous doesn't mean I need help. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then they tell me they're having a sale. Oh, so you're assuming I'm poor. Cool. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Also, they tried to give me the friends and family discount. Um, I'm not your friend, so... Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated in third party insurers with uncertainty in these times here's something that is certain now save money on your wireless bill with great customer service when you switch to pure talk usa now plans start at 20 bucks a month depending on how much data you need all plans have unlimited talk and text and pure talk covers 99 percent of americans they're confident that you're going to love their service they have a one month risk-free guarantee 50 percent off your first month just dial pound 250 on your cell say the keyword save now Pound 250, keyword save now. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Well, isn't this a heck of a thing? Uh, Gary is at a very remote location. You could hear he was outside, and his phone has stopped working. I've called him three times, and we can't reach him. So we're going to finish out the program without him, unless he calls in, which I hope he does. But if his phone is not working, he won't be able to call in uh, as well. So anyhow, occupational hazard of doing radio. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Hello, Gary. (laughs) Wherever wherever you are. Yes. So I understand, Keith, I was listening to Joe Paggs last night, and I heard um, he was interviewing a radio host from that area. And the radio host was mentioning that Keith Ellison had said this is it's thought this is what is thought has happened that keith ellison uh said be soft on on this uh on this mob we were a nation of uh, we were we were we were a nation of laws most laws anyway well you're yeah Yeah. you're mentioning keith ellison and the mayor actually uh, is what i've heard the mayor gave the stand down order uh and they left and then the the rioters criminals whatever you want to call them mob uh burnt the place down destroyed the place that you know it made me so sick what what the question i'm posing again i'm not deflecting i'm not conflating i've said from the very beginning the death of george floyd troubled me 
significantly and and it was so painful to watch somebody with a knee on their throat saying to please stop this you're going to kill me i can't breathe i mean it's just it's not defendable no matter what was going on before at that point you can't defend that uh if he needed more help he had more help he was doing this all by himself he was handling it at that point i don't know what happened before this video do i think the worst part of the video probably is what is getting in a loop replayed again and again and again yes but it still happened but at the same time why is the reaction always to burn the town down and then for democrat mayors to tell their police department to stand down that's that's nobody will answer that question no, the, the death. The, the, what happened? The death was a tragedy. Yes. But what? What? But, but what made me sick is watching what we put up with by those that want to display robbery uh, for the sake of a lack of justice. Then, 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 then they take a notion to. And then they get called, Linda. They get called protesters by the media. Protesters. Did you see the woman in the wheelchair? What they did to her. A woman in a wheelchair outside of Target who didn't want the rioter, the, the mobs, to go into Target. She's in a, an electric wheelchair. Someone comes behind her and hits her on the woman. Some woman is banging her on the back of the head. Oh. They end up taking a fire extinguisher and they immersed her and all that stuff. I don't know how she came out being able to breathe. Oh. I couldn't believe my eyes. And then I'm on. Then I'm watching. I mean, and so casually they're going in, lifting things, taking them out. Uh, you know, not not with any too much fear about what they're doing. And then, of course, oh, the car that's burning outside. Oops! It looks like it's going to go out. So they 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 stand there and they stoke the fire. One guy walks past. He throws a little flammable something on it, and it gets a little more hotter. But then it goes it goes down a little bit, and so then another guy comes from somewhere else, and he's throwing some 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 things that'll burn because we've got to keep this fire burning. Where is the fire truck? We're paying these people their wages and pensions. Well, I'm not going to blame the professional firefighters either because they were probably given a stand-down order. Well, shouldn't it doesn't make you sick? It does. I'm I'm wondering why the the Democrat mayors always do stand-down orders. I can't prove this, but I've been told the police were given a stand down. They did leave their their third precinct, so it it. And I don't think they're cowards. They left. The mob got to have full run of the place. That's exactly what the Democrat mayor wanted. And I am sure, although again I can't prove it, that the fire department uh, was told not to respond to the fire, and that's why you do you don't see any fire trucks putting fires out. They're they're letting what they call protesters just have at it. Well, the most astute statement made today... And, and by the way, Linda, that does not honor the memory of George Floyd, what's happening right now. This is a, it's a terrible reaction to it. In fairness, the president ordered the FBI to investigate immediately. You couldn't do it any quicker, and they have to be able to investigate something. They can't just go scoop up Chauvin and these other people. Uh, they have to be given a reasonable amount of time to do their job. I see, I'm see. i very convinced from the beginning he's going to be charged. I, I would be absolutely shocked if he's not charged. And, and let me tell you something. If he's not charged, I don't even know what to say is going to happen. 
the most worthy thing said today was said by you on this on this conversation, and that was, you know, hey, look, what what the, the DA says, there's nothing, you know, we can't, it's not strong enough to level these charges. And he said even worse, not worse, more than that, he said there's exculpatory evidence. That's going to flip people out. So because, take a breath, folks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's right. Let this sort out because the Baltimore, however many there were, six, whatever there were, remember they were all guilty too. You gotta, you gotta let the truth have an, an opportunity to play out. Right, look, it looks really bad for Officer Chauvin. It, it looks really bad, but you still have to do the work before you can't, you can't charge someone before you investigate, get evidence, present the evidence to a grand jury and th- I mean that doesn't happen in five seconds they're burning the house down within hours of this happening so they, they definitely should give the process a chance before you think that the, the process isn't going to work give it a chance in fact to have a chance to work thank you Linda welcome to Hurley in the morning you're on the air hey how, how you doing buddy I'm doing good good morning it's Eric yeah good I texted. Do you think he was spitting in the cop's face or something? Don't know. I mean, uh, I, I've been so busy I haven't had a chance to answer you. I, I saw it real quick. I have no answer to that because I hear there's additional video. It would be good to see what was he doing before he was put in handcuffs and is on the ground with Chauvin's knee driving into his neck. It would be good. Again, it doesn't excuse what I believe was Chauvin's activities there because when this guy tells you he can't breathe, I, I think a police officer has uh, an obligation to, um, to, to just take that, um, that, that excessive force off of somebody's throat at that point and, and go about a different way of restraint. Uh, he didn't do that. Uh, and then this guy was unconscious, and the next thing you know, he's dead. What he was doing before that probably wasn't great, uh, but we don't know. I don't know. You, how the, the video says the guy's standing there, then it cuts off, and then the next shot, the guy's on the ground next to the car. And uh, listen, it's no excuse. Well, the, the guy should have just taken his knee off his neck. But why didn't they try to bring him back to life? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know the exact timeline. Uh, he was alive, I think. I think I know this. He was alive when he left the scene. And they say he died at a hospital, is what I believe is sort of the, the, the chronology of it all. I also wonder why that one officer who is stage right, if you're looking at it from a video, so for Chauvin, he's actually to his left, but he's to our right, and Chauvin is to the left, if you're looking at it that way. He just stood there stoically. I mean, almost like a mannequin. Didn't say, hey, get, get off his neck. The guy can't breathe. I mean, or trying to move his knee, or do you need help? Let me get in there. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways this guy could have been restrained that did not involve cutting off his airway. What a shame. Yeah, what it's, a, a shame. it's a tragedy. You know? Yeah. yeah, It is. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Have a good weekend. Welcome to the program. You're on the air. Well, I'll say it again. I'd like to see the entire video. Not yeah. the last, you know, five minutes of what happened. That's very fair. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure there was there was more to it. What he did probably was wrong. Um, but the mayor says human life is more important than bricks and mortar. Uh, 
So burn the city down. Burn it down. Right? Well, I mean, his way, a, a stand-down order uh, allows for that because they're unimpeded. And if you feel comfortable in a mob of just destroying a, a police precinct, I mean, that's just incredible. Look, at the end of the day, Floyd wouldn't be in this situation or dead if he wasn't doing what he was doing. But I'm not sure. I mean, you say that. That was so easy for you to say. Do you know exactly what he was doing? Well, he was he was stopped for supposedly, a reason. Supposedly he was trying to get food for his family, and he un, was unemployed and just trying to get food for his family. I don't know exactly what he was doing, but it just when you look at the video without any other information... Why would a guy just bear down on somebody's neck like that for seven minutes? And and the guy's telling you, I can't breathe, you're going to kill me, and you just keep doing it. I mean, Chauvin, he's got he's got to he's got to answer for this. And and I think he's gonna pay a heavy price, maybe like the rest of his life incarcerated. I, I don't see this ending well for him at all. Gotta go. Uh have a great weekend. Already looking forward to coming back with you on Monday. Enjoy the great lineup here at WPG until we meet again. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. Geraldo's going to be with us in a matter of moments. At the bottom of the hour, one of the most impressive military minds in the world, Admiral James Stravitas, the 16th Supreme Allied Commander of NATO. Uh, we are upping the pressure on China today. The president doing everything from possibly backing legislation to pull them out, uh, pull their companies out of the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ. They have about 150, but they don't submit to any type of uh, audits. Why are we letting them on there anyway? We might be kicking out uh, dozens of Chinese graduate students, many of which are members of the military, and they might just be spying. Okay, it's more than likely they are. We're going to discuss that and more. Keep in mind, if you're ever traveling, uh, radio.com app, if you, can pay, if you can't get to our local affiliate, and briankillmeadshow.com, you know, if you want to see it streaming, and Fox Nation is where you can actually watch us. Let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. My executive order calls for new regulations to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. Uh, there we go. Trump versus Twitter. The president's executive order targets all of social media and Twitter attacks one of his tweets again. Number two. I do think as the country opens up and as the economy opens up, we're seeing some good glimmers of hope and growth on that. We could have growth of 20% at an annual rate, which will be the fastest growth in American history. And he thinks it'll happen. Larry Kudlow is the leader of the pandemic. Uh, while the cases are up in some cases, many states are down, including New Jersey and New York. Here's a hint to the governors. If you want to get some revenue, let us work again. Number one. There is a lot of pain and anger right now in our city. What we have seen 
over the past couple of nights in terms of looting is unacceptable. Our communities cannot and will not tolerate it. Uh, that is Mayor Jacob Fry, uh, about 2.30 in the morning, Eastern Time. Minneapolis, St. Paul explodes with riots and destruction. Day three, a police precinct is set on fire, burned to the ground, all evacuated rather than fight for it, all in response to the death of George Floyd, killed at the hands of Minneapolis police. No charges yet. However, this does not justify the looting and lawlessness. And uh, that's really the focus of right now. So let's bring in Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo, I know you, from what you've seen, you believe this officer was way over the line. But what about I, I think the reaction? Brandy tortured the guy. He tortured him. He tortured him to death. What if he didn't? Well, let me just look at that. I look at that and I agree with you. He's saying, I can't breathe. Uh, it looks like his, he was, had a foot on his back, a hand in his pocket, uh, a foot on his neck. Turns out, a reverse camera had another guy on his back. So he's a big guy. I get it. But what if he died at 9.30 that night, he dies? What if the, the autopsy shows he didn't die of asphyxiation? I don't think that that will mitigate the rage that has spread malignantly through that and many other American communities as a result. It seems to me now that you have set in motion a kind of Rodney King response, wherein communities of color have finally reached a boiling point. They, it happens every decade where they just can't take any more with the, with the deed captured on video is so egregious that it can't be forgotten. Uh, you know, imagine if you're a black mother and you, your kid's going out, you're 18, your 20-year-old kid's going out to the movies or hang out with his friends at the mall or something like that, and the image you have is George Floyd being suffocated or his carotid artery being crushed by a cop, uh, by a white cop with a smug look on his face that was so absolutely disgusting uh, that uh, that must be the nightmare of these folks. You have to walk in the other person's shoe. I, I deplore the violence. I think they should be all arrested. Uh, you throw a rock, you should be arrested. You go in the target, you loot, you should be arrested. You, For God's sake, you burn down the precinct, you should be shot. If you're if you're assaulting policemen in the in the precinct, the president is right. The cops have every right to defend themselves, and I think that uh, the Minneapolis's response to these uh, these so-called protesters was much more benign than it should have been. A lot of that destruction could have been avoided if the national guard and the police had been used more vigorously. Yeah, but that you want to hear what the mayor ever... said? Yeah, sure. Right here's here's what the mayor said because I watched it at two thirty in the morning. That's when I'm up. The mayor was live, and here's what he said: "Is like, why did you? Why did the police leave their own precinct?" Cut three. It became clear that there were imminent threats uh, to both officers uh, and uh, public, and I made the decision uh, to evacuate the third precinct. What, what do you think about that decision? Bullet, for God's sakes, what about rubber bullets? What about tear gas? What about uh, you know uh, lo locking arms in a in a phalanx and and showing uh, some uh, some moxie? It just uh, uh, you know to give up. What the hell? You know I I've seen so many 
of these cities. Uh, you know, uh, the West Baltimore, uh, the Freddie Gray situation, where I was on the ground and, and watched it all unfold. To watch that town, which was struggling and is struggling, you see it from the Amtrak, and it's uh, 30,000 burned-out brownstone shells on that west side. And to see their, their only functioning stores, buildings, the Rite Aid and so forth, being destroyed and not replaced. So those folks live more of a more lorn, uh, forlorn and melancholy existence than ever by their own hand. It is, uh, you know, it is pathetic. Uh, you know, look what this cop did. I really believe that this cop, uh, the guy who, uh, Derek Chauvin, who, who killed uh, George Floyd, he has all of that violence on his hands as well. He set in motion this bomb. But for God's sakes, those who are doing the exploding are hurting their grandmas, they're hurting yeah. their children. Uh, you know, it is a, so it is a malignancy. Here's what the officer has in his past. Ten conduct complaints, three police shootings that led to no disciplinary action during his 19-year career. Here's what the second officer's background is. Uh, they see He's seen on the video, too. He has a past. Uh, allegations of police brutality and a lawsuit. Together, the men have over a dozen complaints. But yet, when Mike Freeman, who's a Democrat, uh, from the he's a Hennepin County attorney, when he had a chance to charge, he said this yesterday. Cut seven. That video is graphic and horrific and terrible, and no person should do that. But my job in the end is to prove that he violated a criminal statute. And there is other evidence that does not support a criminal charge. I will not rush to justice. I'm going to do this right. What could that other evidence be? That he died of something else, complications, when he got to the hospital, not of asphyxiation? Well, I don't think it would make any difference if, if in a legal sense, Brian, if anything the cops yeah. did contributed to his death, then it's as if they committed the, the whole crime. They don't get, okay. uh, they don't, they don't skate because of, uh, he had a defective heart valve that misfired because what we watched is undeniable. You know, uh, Hannity does that mixed martial arts and he does the carotid artery thing. He, 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 he'll tell you that in 10, 15 seconds, that's all it takes. For eight minutes, you know, I had a doctor on my radio show yesterday, a black doctor who I know very, very well. We work together on the Minority Men's Health Center here in Cleveland. He said that when he watched it, he said to himself, my God, this cop is trying to render this man permanently brain dead. You know, when you cut off the oxygen to the brain that way, there is a, there's a maliciousness there that goes be, be way beyond anything that could be sanctioned. In police. Even if he was squirming and fighting and, uh, you know, uh, I'll kill you, I'll kill your mother as soon as I get out of these risks, you know, e even there it would have been unacceptable. But that's not what happened. He was docile. He did not resist. There's not an allegation that he resisted that we've arrest. we've seen, yeah. And they, they killed him. Listen, I get it. I just don't get I also thought you have an obligation as a law enforcement to come up with a plan. And this is day three. And you only have 500 National Guardsmen. You evacuate a police station. And I'm looking at Axios this morning and they have quotes from uh, reporters, local and national. They all said they heard no sirens and didn't see police as if they got this the word to back out. 
And then you have riots in New York, 70 arrested, riots in Phoenix, I wouldn't say riots, but unrest. Riots in Phoenix, two days ago, Los Angeles. Uh, so this is really rippling throughout the country. Columbus. Yeah, and Louisville, they say, was unrelated to this story. Well, Breonna Taylor, uh, black but, woman. Yeah, right. And then you have the horrible situation in Georgia after that. Well, I, with uh, I the shooting I, that came out a couple months before. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, these 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 cancerous. First of all, let me just deal. Let me just stick to Minneapolis and the cops. This is what yep. happens when a rampantly progressive, liberal, MSNBC loving mayor gets caught in a situation where he is called upon to exercise Be a leader. necessary force to maintain order, and he lets his politics get in the way. I mean, he, he was inexcusable. As a battlefield commander, he surrendered his city. And I think that it is unforgivable, and I, I think he should be voted out of office, Brian. All right, a couple of things. So the president last night tweeted this. I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city. A lot of, a lot of a total lack of leadership. Either the very weak radical left mayor, Jacob Fry, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send the National Guard in and get the job done right. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Waltz and told him that the military is willing to help. Any difficulty will assume control, but when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. So when when someone read this back to Jacob Fry last night, here's what Jacob Fry said back. Cut four. Weakness is refusing to take responsibility for your own actions. Weakness is pointing your finger at somebody else during a time of crisis. Donald Trump knows nothing about the strength of Minneapolis. We are strong as hell. Is this a difficult time period? Yes, but you better be damn sure that we're gonna get through this. I don't even know what that means, but what do you think? Well, I, I think that what you saw there is a battlefield commander who surrendered and now is angry uh, that the commanding general back in Washington has pointed to his utter failure, the mayor's utter failure to protect his city. I think that uh, when, when the assessment is done, there has to be a tally of how much urban discord and violence cost Minneapolis and how much inaction and a, 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 a studied, intentional turning away from what was happening, how much violence was caused by that. Certainly the burning of the third precinct, the burning of the affordable housing, the looting of the minority-owned stores, uh, all of the, the big box stores there, they'll never come back. Or if they do, it'll be years from now. Given the economic situation of today, I think what the mayor has done is he has abandoned his combat post. He is AWOL. And the president's flamboyant, uh, incendiary remarks about shooting if they start looting, uh, you know, you, you have to put that through the Trumpian filter that we all have come uh, to make part of our lives, Brian, you and I particularly. Uh, we understand Trump 
we understand he doesn't literally mean, or even if he does, he means it in a context where people can understand if someone's breaking in a store and they're wrecking and, and shooting at cops, then they get shot at. I mean, I don't believe that the president literally meant uh, to use deadly force uh, in a willy-nilly fashion. But I, I think that uh, the president's uh, rhetoric, uh, when compared to the mayor's wishy-washy cowardice, is, uh, is something that is very vivid in people's minds, Brian. Right. I just said, why use the word shooting? Uh, why even bother putting the word thugs out there? Because it could be, it takes away from the message you want to get out. Uh, but the president did that, and it just gives his, uh, makes him the part of it, and lets all his enemies tee off on him instead of on the people that, that should. And he's done all the right things with his Department of Justice. He's done all the right thing by your acting. At the same time, you got a responsibility as, as horrific as that video looks. You can't just say, he's guilty, he should be put in jail. You can't do it. You're the president. So, But you could say exactly what he said. I agree. Yeah. So thanks so much. Uh, Geraldo, okay. you've been great on this. I watched you last night. You helped me, uh, helped me a lot for today. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Talk right. to you later, Geraldo. Bye-bye. 1-866-408-7669. Uh, we put it all in context. When we come back, I'm going to be able to take your calls and then examine what the president's going to do. And it's going to be impactful with China, with James Stravitas. But next, I want to hear from you guys. 1-866-408-7669. Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't go anywhere. Brian Kilmeade will be right back. Brian Kilmeade. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. If you have not tried Super Beach Soft Chews, you are missing out. Super Beach Soft Chews are a delicious snack you can take on the go and support your heart health. Yep, Super Beach Chews combine non-GMO beets with a powerful new ingredient. It's called grapeseed extract. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beach Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective as supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. How great is that? Better blood pressure means more energy, the way nature intended it to be, without the jittery caffeine or stimulants. Now you can take just two delicious chews a day, anytime, anywhere, to get the blood pressure support you need and the energy you want. Do what I did and support your heart health with delicious Super Beats Chews. Get your Super Beats Chews today at BrianSpeeds.com. And when you buy two bags, they'll throw in the third for free. That's BrianSpeeds.com. Get a free bag of Super Beats Soft Chews when you purchase two BrianSpeeds.com. Super Beats Chews. Get your Super Beats Chews today. BrianSpeeds.com. Every home has a to-do list. That leaky drain, bare spots on the lawn, repainting the trim. To finally get that to-do list done, call in a pro. Over the past 20 years, HomeAdvisor has connected over 100 million homeowners with trusted local pros. And during these times, we're making it easier than ever for great pros to join the HomeAdvisor network. For a limited time, home service businesses can get $200 in free advertising. Visit HomeAdvisor.com slash start for details. That's HomeAdvisor.com slash start. You looking for a positive? I've got it. Use your life insurance while you're living. MyTermLifeGuy.com Look, with everything that we've been through, don't just think about your family. You gotta think about you. Term Life Insurance. Get one that lets you use it while you're living. MyTermLifeGuy.com It's that simple. MyTermLifeGuy.com A $1 million policy for a healthy male non-smoker below $35 a month. MyTermLifeGuy.com Sponsored by Gold Coast Insurance Group. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first. 
Most of us are not eating enough fruit and vegetables, and it might be putting us at higher risk for all kinds of medical ailments and viruses. Introducing Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Imagine a full serving of fruits and vegetables from the garden, packed with antioxidants and nutrients in an easy-to-drink powder. Use the code BILL to save 15% when you try Field of Greens. Visit BrickHouseBill.com. That's BrickHouseBill.com. Offer code BILL. On this last Friday in May, I am thinking about CBS News laying off scores of workers. In the early 1980s, I worked for that company at WCBS-TV in New York City and for a short time, the Dan Rather-led national news operation. Now, the reason for the layoffs is the pandemic. Advertising has declined and CBS News has little cash in reserve to slug it out. While 60 Minutes continues to do well, both the CBS evening and morning broadcasts run well behind their competitors. They have the lowest ad rates, and now there are fewer advertisements. The truth is that all television news operations are in decline. More than 60 million Americans voted for Donald Trump and since then have seen him vilified by the national press on television. The two women White House correspondents for CBS are downright disrespectful to the president. How many Trump supporters do you think are anxious to watch CBS News? Today, Americans have more information options than ever before. If a national news agency is unfair or boring, it will eventually fail. And most of them are unfair and dull. Finally, when Donald Trump leaves the White House, the entire TV news industry may well go right over the cliff. With respect, a President Biden will not be must-see TV. Now this. Omaha Steaks offering access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect for Dad on Father's Day. Please go to omahasteaks.com and enter code BILL in the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping and a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured thick applewood smoked steak cut bacon. Please visit omahasteaks.com, enter code BILL in the search bar. Shop for Father's Day today. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. New York City is yet, yet to hit phase one, but that's what we are pointing towards. And then once you hit phase one, you continue to monitor the metrics. If all is good, you move to phase two accordingly. It is about rate of hospitalization, number of hospital beds, number of ICU beds. 
Yeah, we know, and it's basically down to these hospitals are going broke because they can't take in other patients uh, besides the coronavirus patients. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Brian Kilmeade here. The epicenter of this uh, of this pandemic has always been New York, followed by New Jersey, then Massachusetts, I think Pennsylvania. And why New York, with the with the numbers falling off the charts, can't get into phase one, which is basically manufacturing things like fishing, is so frustrating because Governor Cuomo, you have no tax dollars, you have no tax base. One out of every small businesses in the country, it's probably higher in New York, are not coming back to pay you. Now they're begging salons and furniture stores and florists and restaurants and gyms are begging to come back and be responsible and open. And you just say, well, we're not ready for phase one. Inexcusable. And what about Michigan? Still locked up. Terrible governor there. Rob, listen to the Fox News Radio app in Westchester, New York. Hey, Rob. What's going on? What's on your mind? Yep, what's on your mind? Um, Everybody's upset about Trump's tweet about looting begins, the shooting begins. What I don't see anybody reporting on is the truth of what the tweet means. There's people in Minnesota that are good people that don't want to lose their Target or their ShopRite or their CVS pharmacy. They don't want this violence, this kind of stuff, and it puts them in danger. And the mayor is protecting all people. Rob, would you have tweeted that out, though? Listen, would you have put shooting in your tweet at president? Would I? Yeah. Me? Yeah, probably, because like him, I don't have much of a filter. Everybody knows where they stand with me. I don't lie to anybody. I tell them how I feel. So nobody can say anything that's not true. You know where you stand. All right, Rob. I know where I stand. Yeah, listen. Listen, I understand. I like that he weighed in on it. I love the way he handled... The, he's talking about uh, George and, uh, you know, it's a tragedy from what I've seen. He can't say he's wrong or the cop's right, but he, he gets it because he can't rush to judgment. He's got too much power. But if you could just keep the shooting and the word thug out of the tweet, this is a way to get your approval rating up five points and start making the, putting the pressure on this Democratic leadership that is falling on its face in a time in which they need to stand up strong. The president's doing everything right. If he could work with the language, he'd get 100. And he'd make Anderson Cooper and company focus on a bad mayor and terrible tactics when it comes to police work. Doesn't mean they're terrible in Minneapolis, believe me. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. When we come back, I'm going to be joined by Admiral James Stravitas, and I'm going to end with more to know and a few of your calls. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Mark Levin. The media in our country are on the wrong side. 100,000 deaths, they say. And there's Trump playing golf. That's their focus. No, 100,000 deaths, ladies and gentlemen. And China has blood on its hands. It's the Wuhan China virus. They did this. China did this. And then we have some idiot politicians like Cuomo and Murphy and Newsom, you know, pushing people into nursing homes. All right. But I'm talking about the big picture. Mark Levin. Weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. News. I'm Chris Foster. Prosecutors in Minnesota say they will not rush charges against four police officers fired over the death of a man whose neck was under one of the cops' knees for several minutes. A third night of protest, the most violent so far. Fires still rage in Minneapolis as thousands rioted, looted overnight, and destroyed businesses. Grocery stores breached and torched the city's third police precinct. Fox's Jeff Manasso in New Jersey, hit hard by the coronavirus outbreak. Governor Phil Murphy says 200,000 state and local workers could be laid off. 
without help from the federal government. That's about half the total number of public workers in New Jersey and would include police and firefighters. His remarks came in an interview with Bloomberg TV. Murphy says the state had been doing well before the pandemic hit and just last year had a budget surplus of more than a billion dollars. Fox's Tanya J. Powers, other governors have also warned of mass layoffs and service cuts without more federal aid. America's listening to Fox News. Governor Phil Murphy promises more guidance today for bringing back youth sports, outdoor dining, and reopening small businesses. With an unemployment rate now exceeding 15%, Murphy is under increasing pressure to reopen all businesses. He's been standing firm on not rushing to completely reopen the state, noting data and facts will determine when businesses can reopen. The popular Point Pleasant Beach and Boardwalk reopens today with strict social distancing measures in place. Many Jersey Shore communities opened up their beaches on Memorial Day weekend, but Point Pleasant remained shut because officials say there was not enough manpower to enforce coronavirus-related rules at the time. The Boardwalk Games and Rides will remain closed for now. Point Pleasant has been the site of protests calling for Murphy to reopen more than he has in New Jersey. Party boats on the Jersey Shore are back in action, and reports are sea bass fishing is red hot. So says Greg Bogan of Briel Bait and Tackle. A skipper with the party boat Dauntless says catches of cod and winter flounder are also up, with those renting spots on his boat taking home between 15 and 25 fish on a day trip. The party boat Miss Barnegat Light returns to action today, fishing for fluke and sea bass. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small is officially seeking re-election. He's running under the themes, a small plan makes a big difference, and dream big, vote small. Small's running in the upcoming Democratic primary on July 7th, which will be vote by mail only. In the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Newsroom, I'm Kristen Marks. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks open mixed. Investors are considering the possibility the U.S. response to China's tighter security controls on Hong Kong could reignite trade tensions. Consumer spending slumped in April, down 13.6 percent, as restaurants and many businesses remained closed. However, Americans were helped by stimulus checks and unemployment benefits. Personal incomes rose 10.5 percent last month. The parent company of Krispy Kreme Donuts, Dr. Pepper and Pete's Coffee went public this morning in Amsterdam. J.D. E. Pete's raised $2.5 billion in the stock's debut. United Parcel Service is about to charge an extra fee to large online sellers. The peak surcharges take effect at the end of the month and will apply to Amazon, Target, Best Buy, and others. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. For this afternoon, humid with a blend of sun and clouds, high 81. A thunderstorm in one or two spots tonight, otherwise cloudy, warm and humid, low 68. A shower in the morning tomorrow, otherwise clouds and sun, high 82. Sunday, some sun and pleasant, high 75. I'm AccuWeather's Brian May on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmeade. 
WPG Talk Radio 95.5. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. So I think you'll see in the coming days, the President make a series of announcements with respect to this that recognizes the threat to the United States of America, the American people's security, as it emanates from this tyrannical regime inside of China. Make no mistake about it, President Trump is the first president, and this isn't political. Uh, president Bush, President Obama, they all refused uh, to recognize the threat that the Chinese Communist Party presented to the United States of America. Well, is that true? Well, let's bring in Admiral James Tervidis as we listen to Mike Pompeo tee up a big announcement in terms of some punitive, uh, some punitive um, measures on the Chinese regime. Admiral James Tervidis joins us, the 16th Supreme Allied Commander, author of Sailing True North, Ten Admirals, and the Voyage of Character. You could always follow him, find out what he thinks on AdmiralStab.com. Admiral, uh, first off, what do you expect the president announced today? I think we're going to see, appropriately, some new sanctions placed on China because their behavior in Hong Kong is beyond the pale. Even though it's a part of China, Hong Kong, as you know, Brian, was given 50-year guarantee of a, a, a special system of civil rights different than the rest of China. And that was part of the deal that was cut when Great Britain handed over what was a crown colony to uh, China. So the president's going to announce, I think, probably three big things. One will be some personally targeted sanctions against some of the Chinese uh, civil leaders who are part of oppressing the population. Uh, second, I think he will say something about uh, taking away Hong Kong's special status. It currently enjoys um, exemption from a number of other restrictions on U.S.-China trade. It's a kind of nice package for China. I think that will be threatened or will actually go away until things improve. And then uh, thirdly, I think you may see uh, the president at least allude to the United States working closely or drawing closer to Taiwan. Don't forget that Secretary Pompeo, from whom we just heard, was the highest level official ever to call and congratulate the uh, current president of Taiwan, yes. a woman I know quite well, uh, Dr. Tsai. So I think you'll see significant announcements. They're important milestones in this deteriorating relationship with China. Back in history for a second, his original statement that, you know, the Clinton, Obama and Bush administrations did not want to do things like this. They had a different view of China policy. I think it's fair to say, why? First and foremost, there was a view for decades that the world and the United States in a leadership role needed to manage the peaceful rise of China, and that um, by working with China, we would gradually pull them into our series of international norms, democracy. I think it was worth trying, and it probably was at its height in the Clinton administration. There was some growing skepticism, but we continued to try and work with China under President Bush. By the end of his term, President Obama, I think it's fair to say, was leaning toward China as a threat. And I know that as a senior military officer, if you look at the last one or two national security strategies from the Obama administration, they do talk about the rise of great power competition, the rise of China 
as a military concern. But I think the Trump administration has gone the furthest, and I think appropriately so, in confronting China. Well, they lied. You lived it. I've, dare I say, let me just explain it. Uh, they built two islands. They said they wouldn't put military hardware on there. They did. Uh, they continued to bully everyone in the South China Sea um, and buzz our planes. And they're still doing that. But I think we have put a little bit more muscle in there. So here's some things they're discussing. And I talked to General Keene about this. He doesn't think it's a big deal. The administration plans to revoke the visas of thousands of Chinese graduate students and researchers in the U.S. who have direct ties to the school's affiliation with the, uh, the Chinese Political Liberation Army. Uh, so that is one thing. The other thing is about stripping the status uh, the special status in Hong Kong, they say that might do more harm than good. And they also talk about delisting the 150 plus Chinese companies off our stock exchange because they refuse to submit to audits anyway. Would any of those three things matter to the Chinese regime? I don't think they would cause China to blink in this scenario, unfortunately. I think they're all right moves, uh, but China is clearly made the calculus that during this period of uh, instability around the world and concern appropriately over the virus, China is going to have its way with Hong Kong, and they think this is the right time to do it. They're going to arrest the leadership. They're going to crack down. They're going to pass laws. Um, they're going to simply lance what they see as the boil of Hong Kong. And I concur with all of those steps that the administration has laid out. Let's add one to it, Brian, that I think uh, may have more impact, and it's what you alluded to a moment ago. It's ramping up these freedom of navigation patrols. This is when we send our Navy destroyers, even an aircraft carrier, into the South China Sea. China claims it as a territorial sea. That is, a, in my view, a good move to make right now to show China that we will confront them economically, culturally, diplomatically, and militarily. Let's uh, switch gears to Afghanistan. The president says it's time for the U.S. troops to exit, wants to be out by Election Day. Uh, and yet the Taliban has proved just as brutal as ever. They're already celebrating as if they forced another superpower to its knees and forced them out. Um, they, that's how they're trumpeting it. It matters. To, and you've been telling me this for a while. That matters a lot in the region. Why can't we leave some type of semblance of troops there? I know it's easy for me to say that and by being in New York, but they're playing such a prominent role in my humble, humble opinion. I don't know why we would do this. Do you? I completely disagree with pulling the troops out uh, on a, a political domestic timeline before the election. just doesn't make sense. And, and by the way, as always, let's just kind of keep it in perspective. When I commanded that mission as the Supreme Allied Commander, it is a NATO mission that the U.S. is a significant part of. I had 150,000 troops in the deep fight in Afghanistan. We were losing dozens of soldiers every couple of weeks. We're, Brian, we're all the way down now to uh, 15,000 troops, and we're going down to 10,000 troops. So we've already withdrawn 95% of the troops. Our troops who are there are part of the reason the Taliban has been willing to come to the negotiating table. Uh, Ambassador Zal Khalazad, who has negotiated this agreement, I think, has done a terrific job forcing these parties together. But what we have said consistently is that any further withdrawals will be conditions-based. 
And as we all know, our troops are now not on the front lines. It's the Afghans who are fighting. We're doing logistics, intelligence, uh, support-type functions, training above all. That's what keeps this situation relatively stable. And I think simply pulling 10,000 troops out um, is penny-wise and pound-foolish. We've got 65,000 troops still in Europe. We've got 35,000 troops in South Korea. You want to do some reductions, I would look at those places before I would pull the 10,000 out of Afghanistan. Absolutely. Listen, I'm trying to write in their checks, supplying, uh, doing so much for their economy and direct uh, funds. That could be done. But uh, think about this, if you give an entire generation a little bit more time to educate their female population for the first time and maybe have a, a, a generation grow up uh, instead of the Taliban Northern Alliance fighting, see a way in which they could be living, that says a lot. We've already put in 19 years. Why let it all wash away and have women, again, forced into the closet, have uh, men being tortured, have that tyrannical regime in charge, and allow terror groups to come back because 19 years is too long. I just see more of an upside to staying uh, than going. I find that very frustrating. Uh, I think yeah. something else that you'd be happy. Go ahead. Final thought on that? Just, yeah, final thought is just that this is leverage, which is a business term. In other words, instead of investing 150,000 troops, let's make that relatively small investment of 10,000 troops. The return, as you point out correctly, is not only in Afghanistan, it's how the whole region views us. I agree with you completely. So the U.S. disrupted, is, we talked about this last week, the Iranian flu deliveries uh, to Venezuela, who doesn't have refineries, they got a lot of oil and they can't even get the oil out of the ground anymore. So Iran was going to deliver fuel and we said no. So they reflagged their ships and put uh, these uh, ships under Greek-owned ships. Uh, but then we said, if, you'd give, if the Greece, Greeks deliver these, uh, this oil, this, this oil, uh, we will uh, basically sanction them, making it unable them unable to get insurance. So they're not going to get the oil because of our hard-ass sanctions that we put on these ships. I, I love what we did this, how we did this. It, it is a, a smart move. And, you know, you're talking to a proud Greek-American here. And I'm also uh, have advised over the years some of these Greek shipping companies. They're smart. They have integrity. They're not going to do something stupid. And uh, this is a very elegant way to continue to keep the pressure on Nicolas Maduro, the dictator in Venezuela. He's a rotten apple. Sooner or later, he is going to fall out of the tree. Uh, Russia doesn't have the funds to support him. China doesn't have the interest. Um, Two-bit countries like Iran will try and chime in a little bit to just Cuba. frustrate us we can and cuba uh we can handle this one and we don't have to send the 82nd airborne down there i think this was a a very good use of geoeconomic tools by the administration why should we care about a china india border skirmish because these are two nuclear armed powers uh, who have already gone to war several times in the last 50 years. It's an intractable dispute. Um, it's accelerating, and it could lead to a war at the top of the world. This is up on, on the high mountains of Himalaya, Nepal, uh, Tibet. It is a very dangerous but distant flashpoint and could lead uh, to a confrontation that would 
potentially uh, have enormous loss of life, and you can't discount an, an exchange of nuclear weapons. I'm not predicting that at all, uh, but we ought to be very concerned about it, and the administration uh, has offered to help negotiate uh, between the two sides. I hope that offer is taken seriously. Um, last thought on this, Brian. Um, China, as you know, is unfolding this one belt, one road uh, geopolitical, geostrategic strategy that is going to try and move across all of South Asia. India becomes a very logical ally and partner for the United States. We need to support India and try and defuse this conflict. The UK has given up on on Huawei, right? Yes, and I think you're going to see other countries uh, fall away from Huawei as a result of what has uh, the virus coming out of China and the way that China obfuscated the initial steps of that. Um, it's got to tell you, if you're a potential consumer, that you really can't trust the Chinese Communist Party. And we've got to continue to press our allies to stay out of the Huawei deal, uh, stand with us as we move forward. And I think there are going to be openings to pull some of these countries that might have gone and aligned with China uh, away from China in the time ahead because of the virus. Rapid fire and nothing you can't handle. Russia's holding talks with Syria. They want more maritime access. Uh, they already have ports there. Uh, they want more. Syria's in no place to say no. Uh, Vladimir Putin literally saved uh, Assad, who's having his own internal problems. Should we? Do we have anything to say about this? We don't really, right? We don't have anything to say about it that can stop it, but we ought to be very concerned about it. You know, you and I talk a lot about the South China Sea. That's a very important body of water. Another critical body of water is the eastern Mediterranean. That's the seacoast of Syria. It's full of oil and natural gas. It's got competing interests between Greece, Turkey, Israel, Syria, uh, Lebanon. There are border disputes there. The European Union's involved. It's a huge flashpoint area, and Putin wants influence there. He wants those coastal ports, and it allows him to consolidate his control up in the Black Sea over Ukraine. It's a smart geopolitical move. Here's what we should do about it, Brian. We should get closer to Israel in a maritime naval sense. We ought to use uh, our NATO leverage, with, particularly with Greece and Turkey also, to conduct patrols there. Um, and we ought to let Putin know that he's not simply going to be able to take over the eastern Mediterranean by operating a few ships out of Syrian ports. But in terms of practical effect, no, we're not going to be able to deny him access to those ports after the support he's given Assad. Uh, he is uh, Admiral James Stavridis. Uh Find out what he thinks by going to his website, uh, AdmiralStab.com, and pick up his book, Sailing True North. Admiral, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. That was a good walk around the world. We'll do it again next week. You got an A++++. Thank you, uh, Admiral. When we come back, your phone calls one 408 7669 Brian Kilmeade, Joe. It's Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Father's Day is coming up, and if you're like me, you're talking to all your friends and family, nobody ever knows what to get dad. Well, here's your answer. With it coming up, 
How about Omaha Steaks? Perfectly aged tender steaks. Omaha Steaks will deliver the world's best steaks to your dad, a huge variety of other favorites directly to his door. Omaha Steaks is offering my listeners a variety of amazing packages, perfect to send to dad for Father's Day. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter the promo code BRIAN to the search bar to unlock savings of 50% and more. With the BRIAN code, you can receive free shipping and free one-pound package of delicious Applewood smoked steak cut bacon on select packages. So there are many packages available perfect for our dads, all ready to be shipped in time for Father's Day. Right now, Father's Day packages are ready to order, ready to ship, and many include free shipping and free pound of steak cut bacon. Omaha Steaks delivered guaranteed quality and safety with every order, so send dad a gift of food he'll love this year. Visit omahasteaks.com, type Brian in the search bar to shop for Father's Day today. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and because of the current economic situation. They're making it easier than ever. Apply by May 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE.